This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. So, uh, hello, good evening, and welcome to another special uh, TWW Lockdown Live. My name's Dan Fudge, as always, and with me tonight, we've got Ash, Ben, and Stevie. And uh, down there in the in the corner on your screen right now is uh, Hero of 1991, absolute Wednesday legend, uh, the, you know, the, the pioneer of the famous 80s haircut that happened and he kept it going for so long he did and, and now he's cut it off. You know, we should have put a wig on him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, welcome Mr. Phil King to the show. How's it going, Phil? You all right? Yeah. I wouldn't say, yeah. I've, oh, I wouldn't say I've cut it off, Dan. I think it's just fallen out over the years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a nightmare. Um, Phil, thank you for joining us. And uh, and as it is, put you up, you're part of our celebrations, as it were, of the 1991 Cup final. Um, I mean, it was 30 years ago. But, uh, yeah. you know, Ben normally does his own work because the players sometimes that we get on, Ben wasn't even alive to have had seen and uh, listens to us wax lyrical about players from your generation um, you know, playing. So, yeah. um, so Ben, I'm going to come to you, Ben, and then uh, and we're going to fire some questions at you from Facebook from some of the listeners as well. No problem. I'm going to try and turn this up. I can uh, somewhere. Bit te- technically illiterate, I am. No worries at all. Oh, there we go. Look at that. It's good. I got yeah. rankings now. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Perfect. Brilliant. Right. So yeah, let's go from the very very start. And you started your career at Exeter. What was it like doing your imagine at that time your your YTS and stuff like that? Yeah, started in Exeter, um about nineteen eighty five ish was in them days it was YTS schemes. I was the only apprentice out of a group of twenty lads, um, which was unheard of at the time for a small club like Exeter. Um Bristol born, thought it'd be easier for me to go down to Exeter rather than trying to break into Bristol City who were in Division 1 and Bristol Rovers who were a decent side at the time so that was my thought process was uh, to go off to Exeter and it might be an easier path to first team football Yeah and I'd imagine at that at that sort of time I know we times have changed and it's quite easy for the youth players now compared was the did the sort of you know first year pros and stuff like that make it tough going through? Yeah listen uh, then it's, it was you an initiation period. You know, we used to divot the pitch after games, we used to paint the stadiums, clean the toilets, uh, clean the boots, pick up the kit, wash the kit for the first team. Nowadays, it's health and safety. You can't go in, you can't do any of that. It's um, th- there is no apprenticeship if you like, and the money that they get thrown at them. I think I was on twenty twenty six pounds. Um, funny enough, the YTS lads were on twenty six twenty five, which I wasn't happy about. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is no kind of initiation now. Um, or an apprenticeship, if you like. It was in them days, you know, the pros, you respected the pros. Ultimately, they were like where you want to, you know, you want to be where they are kind of thing. But um, it, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. There were long hours, um, but, you know, it was strict. Um, but like nowadays, the, the, the youth team players or the, certainly the first year pros get paid so much money. It's, in my opinion, it's, it's kind of danger money, really, because uh, what are you going to do with it? You know, it's probably going to lead to gambling. Drink drugs, women. Not a bad life. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you can waste. Phil. You can waste the rest, can't you? You can waste it on a mortgage and stuff yeah, like that. There's good the rest. <laughs> it was it was a good initiation, um, and obviously, I sort of was only there a short period. I was there as a schoolboy. Then I became a, and I was my current wife at the time, only girlfriend. Uh, we split up, so I decided to pack football in. Funny enough, and because I was upset and devastated, and. Um, Exeter decided to make me a professional at 17. So they took me into, and then she got back with me. Um, and then we, 
we sort of uh, she ended up being pregnant um, as you do. Um, so come the end of that season, I, Chalky United came in for me, which is just down the road, and um, it went to a tribunal. Funny enough, and it the fee was three thousand pounds. After and after twenty five games, they would pay another three thousand pounds to Exeter. So oh, wow, you probably know what I'm going to say now. I played I played twenty four games, and the, and the manager called me in. I was flying up. I was scoring goals, left wing, um, talk of the country. You know, this lad at Torquay is coming on. He said, oh, we can't play you tomorrow, Kingy. I said, are you having a laughing? Yeah, so I just scored two goals back to back. He said, no, we can't. I said, well, what have we done wrong? He said, well, there's nothing wrong. He said, we ain't got three grand. We can't play extra C. So, um, <laughs> and I said, oh, what am I going to do then? He said, well, um, David Pleat at Tottenham, obviously David Pleat we know, um, is coming for you. They want you to go up there for a behind closed doors game with the likes of Vinnie Samways, um, uh, Sean Close, uh, Razor Rudder, you know, in that, that sort of period. And I had an absolute storming game, stayed up the weekend, watched the Tottenham Arsenal derby, come back and they put a bit in a 60 grand. And I thought, well, I'm on my way to Spurs. You know, it's just, um, and the next minute I end up at Swindon Town. <laughs> no, no idea what happened there. I'm not a taxi driver, but that's a proper wrong turn. <laughs> so I got well, can I, yeah, sorry, Dan. I was just no, go gonna, on. They put I, the I was just, in. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was just I was gonna bring that up. What what was that the the thought process or the, the what happened or do you not know or was it not, a, listen when you asked when you're a young kid, you know, I I didn't know football existed outside of you know a past yeah. Bristol, you see it on the TV. It was just one of them, you're a young lad. I had a, a wife, we got married, shotgun wedding, had a small baby, you know, all before I was 18 years of age, you know. So wow. to go um, to Torquay and then up to Tottenham and then up to Swindon under Lou McCarley, um, it was just a whirlwind. I went on loan initially for a month um, and then came back. And uh, and then obviously Lou, they had a couple of iffy results. So Lou coming and bought me permanently. And it, I have to say it was probably the um, a move that, stood me in good stead because Lou McCoy was a complete disciplinarian, you know, fitness fanatic. We never saw a ball Monday to Thursday. It was run. You know, we had lads there like um, Chris Kamara, um, Colin Calderwood, Jimmy Quinn, international, um, oh, yeah. Steve White. Uh, they were doing 45 second, 400 meter laps. And I think the world record was about 42, something like that, 43. It was, we, we were just so fit. That we didn't play good football. It was route one. But we were successful because of the fitness standards. Um, and I just remember being last. In, I was quite quick, but last in every every long distance run um, that Lou put on. Um, but when you got to know Swindon, you found some shortcuts. So I was, <laughs> I um, I tended to move myself up the ranks, not through ability, but through cheating, really. But, uh, <laughs> but Lou, Lou McCoy was great. We got we got promotion that year against Gillingham in the playoff final. Tony Cascarino. Went on the following year, finished 12th. The following year, we finished um, in the playoffs again and lost to Crystal Palace. We won 1 0 at County Ground and then lost 2 0 at Palace. Ian, Ian Wright and Mark Bright scored the winners. Um, they went on to get promotion um, the following season. I played 12 games and um, Lou had gone to West Ham and, uh, and we played Brighton away and I went over on my ankle on the Wednesday night. We won 2 0, doing quite well. And uh, Coming the next day for treatment, Ozzy pulled me in and he just said, Kingy, um, the club needs to raise some money. So we've agreed a deal with Ron Atkinson from Sheffield Wednesday. He's in Cheltenham as we speak, waiting for you to go and see him. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? I've just come in for treatment. He said, well, you <laughs> need to get some money up together. I've agreed a fee. I think it was 400000 um, Jesus. Wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, so I, I just went, oh, okay, well, he said, you can borrow the club car, a little 1.3 Astra Merit. Big Ron's waiting for you in Cheltenham. You know, so I went, oh, okay. Jumps in the car. No mobile phone. I just said, can I phone the missus on the club phone? Said, I'm off the chum. Got to meet Big Ron. Um, it, was it, so, sorry, Phil. Was it um, Cheltenham Racecourse? No, it was. <laughs> in, in, well, with Lou McCoy, he did like a bet, to be fair. Um, it was in a hotel in Cheltenham. You know, so we just, I just went up. Uh, walked in the room and he's there, big Ron, you know, he is, big tin lid flipping up in the gold. And, you know. <laughs> and he come over, he shook me, I almost broke it. And he said, oh, you know, Mr. King, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm building something at Sheffield Wednesday. I've got a few players I'm looking to bring in. I'd like to bring you in. 
I spoke to Lou Macari and said, I'm thinking about buying the boy King. What do you think? And Lou said, um, well, if I didn't have Julian Dix at West Ham, he'd be here with me now. So Big Ron said, that's good enough for me because Julian was obviously a quality player as well. And uh, he said, do you want to play for me? I shit myself and said, of course I do, Mr. Mr. Atkinson. Um, <laughs> he, said, he, he offered me a three and a half year contract and I signed on the spot. Um, and I was well, in Sheffield. So all this got turned over in the space of like three wow. hours. Yep, yep. That's a similar, no agents, no nothing, just said, I think I was on £300 a week at, at um, Swindon and he doubled me money to £600 a week. Do you, um, I, do you know what, Phil? Actually, that's really interesting because we had John Newsom on uh, yeah. last year. And, um, and he was telling me around this time, um, Ron was negotiating a contract with John and, uh, and, he, and he didn't want to sign because he'd only offered him something like 325 quid a week. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I bet this is about the same time. It's like 89, isn't it? It's probably, yeah, it's probably yeah. the same summer. So, yeah. So, you, you know, John Newsom went, now sod that, went to Leeds and uh, financed that for your wages. So that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... Obviously, money at the time, you know, it was, I think it was £50 increments every year. Do you know what I mean? So I went up to 650 7 750 um, And they, they give me a nice Ford Sierra 1.6L. I'll tell you what, I look the bees knee. Ginger Lops in that, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm out the window. <laughs> I, just, I remember turning up, I drove up that night, actually, I think it was. Turned up for training in the morning. Went in to see Smudger Smith, the, the physio. Had, had an ankle like that, black and blue. And I'm on the treatment table and Alan Smith, you know, he, he great physio, England physio at the time, said, there's no way you're playing Saturday, son. Um, I said, no, I think it was, I drove up Thursday, that was it, and, uh, went in Friday morning. And he said, there's no way you can play Saturday. And I said, it's killing me, I can hardly move it. And um, the doors flew open, big Ron comes in. How is he then, Smithy? He said, they've got no chance for Saturday, Gaffer. Looked at me, do you want to play Saturday? I said, yes, Mr. Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> I played on the Saturday, I strapped it up, it was, I just strapped it rigid, so it was, it was basically fused with, with all the strapping I had on, and I remember Nottingham Forest away, and uh, great debut, f- full, f- you know, Wednesday fans again, I think I got an eight in the in the old Sunday people, um, went over the, on the ankle in the final minutes, and I just remember in the back of Big Ron's Merck, with my foot up, and he, he had the telephone in the console, where you, you picked, and he phoned the wife, and said... He's in the back of my car with his foot. He's had a good game today. Um, I'm dropping him over. So, you know, make sure you look after him, get him an ice bath and all that palaver. Ice and that. He was just, it was just, and that's how it all started. Obviously, um, you know, that season then, although it turned out to be horrendous in the end, um, he signed some real quality. I think, well, my best pal is John Sheridan. He's at Swindon at the moment, having a nightmare. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, so he signed the same day. Then he signed uh, Artsy, Willow, Paul Williams, um, Danny Wilson, you know, Roland Nielsen. I mean, come on. Best what right, a... right back we'll ever see in our lifetime at Sheffield Wednesday. What, you know, a, what a crop of signings that is, I've got to say. Uh, the Trevor names. <laughs> you know, Trevor, I mean, he already had potential there with Dalian and Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like Steve, Steve McCall, um, you know. There was loads of talent already within the camp, um, but but Ron just managed to bring in a few good players, and we started to just play some tremendous football. Uh, what, what what was that like, Phil? Obviously, you've just said you've you've mentioned probably like five or six absolute legends of Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday. What was that like? Obviously, at that era, did did you know that it was going to be a successful time? Did you feel it, or was it like? These are good players. We've got something. Uh, we'll try and do what we can. Or you just gelled with everyone because it just seemed that it was just a team that gelled. It really think, did. Yeah, oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I, 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 um, I was so young. I didn't really know anything. I was just, I was just amazed by the size of the stadium. You know what I had in my favour. I was quick, and I, I'd had a great fitness level from Lou Macari. So we did a, a rather damn. Uh, run, I think it's called Rotherdam, and then we did a six-mile run. I finished fifth, and I would be last by miles at Chef at Swindon. So I had a good fitness foundation. Um, I was quite quick, very attack-minded. You know, and to, to be be picked with like the Carton Palmer John Sheridan combination. I mean, all you got to do is give it the shares and make a run, and it, it puts it on your toe. You know, so you knew you were surrounded by good players, but the camaraderie, it was just incredible. And obviously, as we we go on, you can you were you were part of that. You felt 
as a player, the, the warmth of the team and then the warmth from the, the team to the stands and back. Do you know what I mean? Um, we, uh, we we certainly got a glimpse of that. I mean, it's I can't believe it's been five years since we were all at uh, the, the Magna Centre in Rotherham with you guys and, and the team together. I think I think the only notable absentee of that team I think was John Arts because he obviously lives in Washington. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and as nice as Washington, as nice as Rotherham is, I don't think you're going to leave Washington to go have a night out in Rotherham. Um, so you know, we, we we noticed on that day during that that event that um, that the the camaraderie was there. Uh, you know, we we've had John Arts on the show and he uh, he kept saying that. Uh, John Sheridan called everybody a crisp packet. I believe yeah. that was that his PG friendly way of calling everybody a C bomb. Is that what it is? Yeah, well, he, he was my roommate, Chess, and um, uh, a couple of stories probably go into a bit later, but he, you know. Tell he, them now. Tell them all now. <laughs> we'll just sit back and listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a Steve. That season, obviously, you know what happened. We went on to get relegated, mm-hmm. and the other side of the town, I'm not sure what they're called, ended up getting promoted. Um, I just remember being devastated. Um, and I, I know we um, Luton stayed up. I think they had to win something like four out of eight games and we had to win, I don't know, two, one. And we ended up losing. They stayed up. We went down and we went to Magaluf the following morning, like you do. Not Magaluf, sorry, Port Venus. And Luton were in the same hotel oh. as we were. Can you imagine? Carlton Palmer wanted to rip everybody's heads off. You know, we was all on the downer. I think Dalian had just um, been transferred to... Real Sociedad, I think, for yeah. $7 million or something. Um, what a talent he was, by the way. He, he could have been the best ever. He had everything. Oh, um, gutted, 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 yeah, gutted. Oh, but, um, yeah, so I, I just remember, uh, I think, what it was. I don't know if it was then, or, or obviously Ron whispered them immortal words, didn't he? You know, uh, he, he pulled us all in and he, he sort of sat us I think it was in pre-season. We did the holiday, then went off, and then we came back for pre-season. And he sat us all down in pre-season. He said, look, lads, you know, a lot of you lads are internationals. You can leave. I think we were in Italy, you know. Um, I can't remember where it was. My memory's short, to be fair. And I just remember him saying, I think if we all stick together, we're building something here. And every player said the same thing. He said, no, Roland. I mean, Roland could have gone. Erste could have gone. There's no question about it. You know, quality, quality players. It could have moved on. Um <clears throat> And they didn't, so we stuck together. And I think that, um, you know, it was just a bond. And it, it, honestly, you probably spoke to a lot of ex-Wednesday players of that era. And I moved on a few clubs and I've never experienced the camaraderie of the players, the wives, the fans. You know, if you cut me now, we bleed blue. And I think you asked anybody that played for Wednesday, would say the same thing of that era. It was just, it was just special. And, and you guys played a massive part in the people that are listening tonight. It was, it was just incredible. Well, we were only ten year ten year old at, the, at this point, King. You like you know what I mean? We were, we 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 had no idea the disappointment coming in the next twenty years. Like just me, but I, t- I tell you what. So we were speaking to Roland Nilsson last week, and um, and he he said a very similar thing about um, about going down, and he was very concerned about his um, international career. Yeah, um, and and I think the the Swedish international coach said, well, of course I'm going to pick you a clown. So, so, and he didn't seem unhappy about that. And then the emotion in his voice of when he left and we were talking about when he went back to Sweden and all the rest of it, it was really, you know, really quite an emotional moment for him to talk about. So it was very clear that the camaraderie was there between the lads. So, you you know, and then he went on to have a terrible World Cup, I think, as well. And then he got an ACL injury and came back after about four months or something like that. So we're now, we're now in the second tier. You know, you guys have decided to stick together. You know, how how did you feel that season was going? Did you did you about two weeks in? Did you think we're going to piss this now? Like, well, you know what I mean? let's let's take rewind it back to pre-season. So we go to okay. Italy pre-season, right? And we're in a hotel we're in the same hotel on the pre-season as a team called Genoa. So we we would train, um, and then we we come in, and the gaffer said, "Right, we've done a good couple of days training. You can go out tonight, lads. You can go out. We're going to go out. We've got a little bar down the road. I've, I've put back for us. Apparently, it's buzzing on it." Friday night, we're going down there. We've got a curfew of uh, midnight. So, okay. So he goes down there at midnight. Um, as we're walking out the hotel, you've got all the Genoa players sat playing cards in their track suits, glass of water. And we're all going out with our disco shirts on, you know, strutting around. And they, they must be looking at us thinking, what the hell's going It's pre-season. It's so vital to a professional football, you get a good pre-season in. So anyway, he goes to this bar and I'm telling you, it was rammed. There was fanny everywhere. <laughs> 
I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm married, but I'm having a little look. Window window shopping, it's called, isn't it? Window shopping. (laughs) um, Apologise for the language, people listening. But um, so as I used to, Dan, you're all right. We're all steaming drunk. So it gets to 12 o'clock and and the lads are saying, Pierce, Nigel Pearson, there's no way we want to go out now. He said, you're right. He said, get over and ask the gaffer. He's over there on the old pink champagne, the big time Charlie. Go and ask him, can we have another, another hour? So he's gone over. You can see him chatting with the gaffer. And, you know, you can, all the lads are looking to see what body language he's come back. He said, we've got another hour, lads. We're on. This is pre-season. So it gets to one o'clock. And I said, the lads are going, Pierce, Pierce, go on. Off you go again. Have another word with the gaffer. He comes back. He said, no. He's told us that's the end of the night. We've got to go home. So we all go home. And we're in this, this old-fashioned hotel, massive ceilings, and we're all on the corridor having a few beers. And But unbeknownst to us, John Sheridan and Cotton Palmer were in reception. And what had happened, Big Ron had come back, and he said, hey, Sheridan Palmer, get to bed. I told you it's a curfew. And Shez, being the quiet, unassuming, not very um, aggressive Irish <laughs> Mancunian he is, said, um, oh, it's all right for Tricky Trev then, isn't it, Gaffer? Because Tre- Trevor played in Italy, if you remember, and he was still out. And he says, Sheridan, get to bed. So we've gone up the stairs um, and we're all on the corridor and we're steaming drink. We were having this shots of grappa, it was called, and we're absolutely, everyone is bladdered. Anyway, we look round and Big Ron's coming up the corridor with a towel wrapped round him. And we're thinking, oh shit, we're in trouble here. So he's come up and as he's got there, he's, he's, he's hit sheds on the back of the head. He used to have this habit of slapping you. He had like massive hands. He hit sheds on the back of the head. Sheds fell over, slid along the floor, banged his head on the skirting board. <laughs> he's gone silent. So we, we've got up and, and Shez has gone, sort of trying to do his buttons. He took off his shirt. He said, Hold me disco shirt. He said, Come on then, Tarzan. Come on then, Tarzan. Let's have it. Me and you right now. It, all melee broke loose in this corridor. And uh, and we're thinking, bit, honestly, it's absolutely gone mental. So me and Roland, I, I was shared a room with Roland that, that for that trip. Got Ron, and we marched him back to his room, rolling that side of me. He said, come on, Gaffer. No, no, Sheridan, I've had enough of him. I ain't putting up with that. You can't treat me like that. Can't treat, I'm, I'm the Gaffer. He, he's out of order, out of order. So we get him in the room, silent. All of a sudden, you heard these pitter-patter of feet. And I looked at my door, Shez, in his Sheffield Wednesday quite tight shorts, nothing else on. He said, Shez, what are you doing? He said, Kinky, I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm just going to see the Gaffer. Just going to apologise, out of order. You no, know, whatever, you know. All right, next to bang, knock on the door. Come on, then, you fat bastard! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, no, Shez, what are you doing? And he's walked back at the corridor. Shez said, I know you're all listening. And we thought, that's it. So we go, we come down in the morning for breakfast, and it was silence, as you can imagine. Not a word spoke. Shez sat in the corner and got left behind. So we go training, and Big Ron sits us all down on the on the field um, before we went training. He said, right, I ain't having that. I'm getting rid of Sheridan. I'm sending him home and I'm getting rid of him. He does not, that does not happen on my watch. Out of order, bang out of order. And then it went silent for a second. And then a few of the lads went, ah, can't do that, Gaffer. Well, why is that then, son? He's the best player we got. Without Chess, <laughs> without Chess it don't happen. You know, he makes us sick. He is by far and away our best playmaker. He's, he's just incredible, gifted foot. And to a man, he's big Ron's gone. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, and we trained, and then we get back to the hotel. And Shez is in the corner like a little lost lamb at dinner, and we go in. We have the meal, and then uh, we sit. We sort of finish the meal, and we all sit up, uh, stand up to go out. And Big Ron says, "Sheridan, one word." So he pulls Shez back in. We all leave the room, and then Shez off. This is I'm telling you as Shez telling me after what he spoke to Ron. So he said, "Shez." What went on last night? He said, son, out of order. I do like it, mind you. I do like a player who's got a little bit of bite about him. <laughs> he said, I sat the lads down. I was going to send you home. I was going to send you home. And he said, I sat the lads down. And I said, I'm going to send you. And all of it, he said, they all said, uh, no, you can't. He said, but two of the cheeky bastards, we're going to get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, we do not know the two players that said to get rid of him. And that was it. Done and dusted. Shez was, uh, was all forgot about. Shake hands and... And that was Ron to a T. Get on with it. And as you know, Shez went on to be, you know, absolutely a, a, a god. Uh, but that was the way that was the way Ron was. So obviously that season, we, like you said, we were relegated. Um, it was quite ironic because I was sort of the lower paid spectrum. I was from Swindon, you know what? And we were on four hundred pound a win. 
and it went up hundred hundred pounds every time you win. I think if you remember the first ten, ten games of that season, we we won in a row. We was on about fourteen hundred quid away at Millwall. We was two 0 up at half time. I was like, oh, what are we going to spend on? All of a sudden, uh, Nilsson cru- uh, cruciate ligament. Pearson carried off, I think, with an ankle problem. We end up getting beaten four two, and, and the money reset back down to four hundred. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was gutted about losing. <laughs> <laughs> That was a new Sierra um, gone. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> how 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 was um, how was Big Ron in training? Because we've spoken, like we've said before, we've spoken to quite a few ex pros now at that era, and uh, I think we all agree that there's some cracking stories at Big Ron yeah. at training. And so, uh, what's what's your take on Big Ron at training? It, it, um, tends, it tends to be the players that we've had. We, I, I wanted to pull at this thread because we're now. Yeah. Uh, We've, 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 had, now had, we've now had John Arks, John Newsom, yeah. and Roland Nielsen say that Nigel Pearson kicked lumps out of Ron Atkinson. <laughs> and the, 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 like I said, we spoke to Roland last week, and the the most we've got is the five aside in the gym hall, and Nigel yeah. Pearson smashed him into the wall. First of all, Ron thought he was the best player in training. <laughs> so, you know, oh, sorry, Phil. Sorry. So you just you just reeled off the a couple of minutes ago some of their names, I know. and you've said that. And no disrespect to Ron, obviously he's given us some great times. Yeah, he doesn't come across yeah. as the best player. Do you know what? Do you know what his nickname was as a player? Oh God, oh. the tank. The tank. Yeah, I think Brilliant. that explains his ability to play football. Don't you? So he was not best training, player in training, but. He used to think he would come out with the swagger on shorts pulled up, you know, I'm the best player, give me the ball and all this. So uh, I've got, I can sort of jump forward to when I went to Villa and we had a session now, I'll tell you that later on, but um, we had a session in the gym one time and he picked the team and the ball sort of was 50-50 and Nigel Pearson, oh my God, we used to, Pearson was so aggressive, what a centre-half leader, I think 20 goals from centre-half one season, absolutely incredible. The ball was coming out. I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm going like this, thinking he's getting closer, he's getting closer. And he hit Ron, and he went into the wall. And honestly, I thought he killed him. <laughs> I thought he killed him. He, he hit, those, hit this wall, and I swear to God, he got up, and his hair had not moved. An inch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, expecting it to be all over the place like this, because he hit his head on the wall. It was just sat there like that. And he, and he got up, and he, he sort of shook himself down. And he said, good tackle, Pierce. And, and but I thought he killed him, honestly. It was unbelievably aggressive. You know, and that's just the way Ron just had, he just had the knack. He could be a funny so-and-so if he weren't doing it. Um, and there's a couple of stories. And I'll jump forward to another story when I went to Villa. He picked he picked a five-a-side team, right? And uh, on that five-a-side team was myself, Paul McGrath, Steve Staunton, Ray Houghton, Jesus. Andy oh. and Dwight York, and him, right? And on the other team was sort of, you know, the other players, the other seven players. And we got beat. So he, he sat us down and said, what a pile of crap, lads. He said, it's seven against seven. How can we get beat? Like, and, and I think it was a Ray Hound. He said, well, six against seven, Gaffer. And he's gone, one, two, three, four, five. Hold on a minute. So you're saying I'm the weak link, are you? You're out of order, you are. And he made us <laughs> run about four miles down to the end. <laughs> Generally thought he was the best player. Why you know, do I? Uh, why do I get the vibes like um, you know, like Brian Glover's character in the movie Kez? Like, <laughs> that's what I feel like he's like. Like, no, no, you can't be them. So there'll be a clash of colours. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Casper, Casper, he, stop climbing up. <laughs> he was, he was just, he just, just. Hey, don't get me wrong. He had a great squad. Yeah, and you're only a successful manager because your players are good players. You know, um, he had good players. He had, he had a good work ethic. We had, the support base behind us was incredible. It was just a recipe for success, you know. And obviously, getting relegated, as though, as though, uh, although it was as bad as it was at the time, it may have toughened us up a little bit for the following season. You know, we went on to finish third and uh, go on the cup run, where it was a couple of replays, obviously Brentford and Swindon and Derby. The John Arch wonder goal, Coventry, you know, play... play uh, Chelsea in the semi-final and again the, the press are saying how lucky we were to beat them 5-2 on aggregate pathetic we absolutely battered them 2-0 away and 3-1 up. you know it was uh, so it was just he just had the knack you know um, 
whatever it was, he had good players who loved each other. We would we supported each other on and off the pitch. There was no real big time Charles at the time. Um, obviously, player, players went on to be mega stars in, in the end, but at that time, um, we were all just playing for the shirt. You know, you don't see that much nowadays, do you? But uh, for you guys, for you know, it was just, it was just an enjoyable period. And, and Ron just kept everybody grounded. If, if you were winning, you could virtually get into Josephine's every night of the week as long as you played well on that Saturday. Do you know what I mean? He was that sort of lad. He was he was fantastic. Okay, so what I'm going to do. I'm going to come yeah. to. I'm just going to go to Facebook now. We've got a, got a few people, and a lot of it's just just gushing praise. To be fair, Kingy, yeah. like yes, pal, one of the best players. So we've got Vic, we've got Greg. He says, "Kingy, do your thingy." Uh, Graham <laughs> says, "How's your mum and dad down in Dorset?" A bit bit, bit, bit weird, but it, it means it in a nice way, like you know what I mean. Who um, said that about my dad? Uh, Graham Butler, a guy called Graham Butler, has, uh, has said, uh, "How's your mum and dad in Dorset?" We're telling me dad died ten years ago. <laughs> you, made, you made me laugh that your dad died. I know, right? Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Apologies. <laughs> um, That's why he said it for me. Um, he, my dad passed it uh, 2005, actually, it was, and my mum's still alive, battling all oh, well. Because she made the cake at the cup final that you remember seeing in the dressing room. Uh, the old, the old, the old mum, she's still making oh, cakes. Bless. Maybe one yesterday, can't you tell? <laughs> bless her bless her and then we've got uh bob bob hamilton says uh, get your boots you could probably do a job for us now um you know we've had a lot of that to be fair if i yeah. you know you on one side and roland on the other i think it'll actually yeah. be game changing for us right now uh and then uh martin wants to know if you're still in the pub game yes still in the pub game open the pub for the first time since december the 25th um monday 12th of april and um, we're looking to been shut since then we're open again tomorrow um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, it's outdoors, weather dependent, so we've been lucky with the weather. Um, but yeah, I don't think about playing now. I've had a full hip replacement. I've got a dodgy knee, bad ankle, but uh, certainly some, you know, me and Worthy down the left, rolling an Artsy or Danny Wilson, shares in Palm in the middle. Uh, oh, you know, don't. Don't, uh, don't no. It just, don't. It, it's been thirty years and it still upsets me. <laughs> now, and then, um, and then, and then Graham Moo who asked, who asked about your parents said, "I remember, I randomly remember bumping into Kingy down at Splashdown Water Park in Pool when I was okay. about ten years old. I was stunned. Chatted him at the hundred and fiftieth anniversary dinner at Ponds Forge. Great guy. So yeah. uh, you know, yeah. you got got a big fan there. And then um, yeah. there's what there's one here that I'm interested in, Kingy. So it says uh, Lee Brown. He listen, he's listened to the show for like ten years. Like he, he's yeah. one of our and and he said." The walk from the Dolphin, led by Kingy in 2005. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Incredible, mate. Honestly, I, oh, geez, chills as I'm talking to you now. Um, <laughs> oh, this, uh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I, knew, I just knew um, but Wednesday got relegated the season before into League Two, wasn't it? Uh, which mm -hmm. is, no, League One. League yes. One, it'll be, yeah. Uh, the other season, they drew, they drew Swindon away. So um, the police pulled me in and said, Kingy, obviously we know there's been a bit of Interpol saying ex-Sheffield Wednesday connects. There's quite a few fans coming down. I said, I think there will be. Um, so as it turned, he said, what, what do you want us to do? I said, well, just do your job, but they'll be good as gold. They'll be good as gold. So I said, what I suggest is you drive by the pub when they arrive, just let them see a bit of visit. Maybe, maybe put an officer on, on site if you like, but they'll be good. But unbeknown, they estimated there's about 1,700 turned up at the pub. It was incredible. <laughs> you know, so, uh, the whole, it's, it's like a little, there's a co-op in a, a little club around the corner. Everywhere sold out of beer. I, I think I took 10 and a half grand in about three hours. Bearing in mind, I think the weekly takings were about five. It was, it, <laughs> not a, I, think I, got, I think that was the time I got a singer in, little, a lad who played Loken. He started, he started playing Daydream Believer. Cheer up, Neil Warnock. To watch oh. <laughs> they, just went, they just went mad. And then the cop said, what are you going to do? I said, well, what about if I march them down to the ground? <laughs> That's a good idea. So they, 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 they cordoned off the roads. And they, so say, say you cut, I don't know, I'm just trying to work out a distance, you know, ratio. If you come out of the pub car park, turn left onto the main road, it, about three quarters of a mile, you turn left onto, onto the road that takes you to the football ground. They hadn't left the pub, the back of the queue. It was, it, and that was the whole road, about 40 deep across the road. It was incredible. And I was like, you know, doing down, I was jumping up, doing headers and that. And so we get to the ground. I'm in the way end with, with Jefferson. They're going, Kingy, you know, singing Kitfield King. 
So I thought, geez, I, I got a business in Swindon. I better, I better get out of it. I'm going to get flipping lids. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I can see, all, all I can see is the, the end scene of Green Street where the walking. <laughs> 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 I left at halftime. I thought I'd just be sent. We'll do the right thing. I got back and uh, I had phone calls that night from Swindon fans saying, you, Judas, we're going to put your windows. And I said, listen, if you've got a problem with me playing for, for loving one of the clubs I played for, you know, if you want me to go out with a beer for you, Swindon, next week, Sheffield Wednesday are in town. It's one of my loves. Do you know what I mean? My, probably my only love in, in many ways. But if you're not going to let me pay respects to them, it's ridiculous. I said, come and put the windows and do what you want. I said, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. We've got 1,700 people who, who come down it by the sounds of it, King, to be fair. So I just said, if you want me to come into, into the town centre of Swindon with you guys next week and have a beer, I'll do it. You were one of my clubs. You know, it was, it's not Bristol Rovers. It's not Bristol City or Oxford United. It's Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. They're 200 yeah. miles away. It's, it's not, a, you know, it's, it, but it went off okay. There was no trouble. A lot of the fans come back after the game because boiling up day. Actually, Wednesday won, but they Swindon battered them. Um, I think they went 3-0 up. Or was it? I think it was, uh, and I ended up three two. I think in the end, um, but roasting hot day, but fantastic scenes. You know, um, I tell you what, incredible. I tell you what, Phil. I've just, I've just thought actually. So you know, I, I work in the pub game myself, and um, yeah, and we we know that coronavirus has been a big impact on on businesses such as ours, and um, judging where Sheffield Wednesday are in the league right now and what league Swindon Town are in, you could pay for coronavirus in one bloody fixture in, in, in an away game at Swindon <laughs> next season, couldn't you? You know, there yeah, must be part of you going, come on, Wednesday, come on, bloody <laughs> I'm a little bit in between because um, Wednesday look like they're going to get relegated. Mm. And if Swindon can stay in this division, there would be a meeting. Um, I'd prefer Wednesday to stay in division in the Championship. But we're in such a poor state down here at Swindon with shares that, that I mean, Lee Powers, we're in court. They've been charged with financial rate. So we're going to get a massive fine, if not demotion. So if we get relegated this season with four points adrift in the bottom, you know, I think we're second bottom, 23rd. So it's a good chance we're going to go down anyway to League Two. And with a demotion, it could be at the Football League. So. Um, Christ. There's always somebody worse off than yourself, then, isn't there? Yes. There, uh, <laughs> listen, honestly, I mean, in ideal world, for me personally, if, if Wednesday come and play at Swindon next year, you know, let's do it in a cup or something. But I, I, it's it's a, it's a poor state at the moment. Um, Has Shez been in? I was going to say, surely he must have been in touch if he's in town. If, well, if I was to tell you that, we'd be making, be making COVID lockdown rules, wouldn't we, Dan? Oh, co- but, oh Daniel, come on. Of course. That, <laughs> that, that would be wo- woefully Some inappropriate. That would, that would be. You're right. <laughs> so, right. So, uh, let, we're halfway in now. And uh, Go on, Ash. Sorry, a social distance. Uh, social meeting. distance. You know, over the road. You know, we just say, uh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, we're halfway through the show now. So, obviously, let's let's get to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Steve, I, bless you. I know you've been having internet problems down there. Are you all right, pal? Uh, you know, you, you go. I'm good, honestly. Uh, it's just amazing to be able to sit here. And I'm a little bit older than Dan and Ash. I'm a lot older than Ben. So, it's just listening to you talk about that sort of time has just been been fantastic to you know you speak with such a passion about the club and oh. like I was there the year that we went down uh Forest I can remember Pierce sticking one in now I was sat in the cop yep. in 1990 sort of thing um obviously we, we've gone on to it and I'm not sure we're going to get to the uh the night one final just going into or we, sorry we will get to the night one final just <laughs> sort of the build-up to to getting through into the league cup and the the fact that we were getting back into it and getting promotion that season how how did you find that it, it was brilliant. Like I say, we were we were on a roll, weren't we? Good players again. Um, the momentum of the cup, the cup run, uh, and there's a real belief, a real belief from from the pitch to the to the stands and back. And I, I think the whole city, you know, believed that we could go on and do something this season. We had some good players, um, and obviously, get to the to get to the cup final was the icing on the cake for any player. You know, to go there. Um, in the division below against Man United. I've, I've looked at the team today, funny enough, to set up Brian Robson, captain, you know, Ince, oh. there, uh, Hughes, Pallister, Bruce, Irwin. I mean, it's just, I've, they probably felt they just had to turn up. Well, they, that wasn't the case from our, from our sort of understanding. But do you want me to tell you how it happened? Or, you know, Absolutely. To, to, to oh, just, we'll, we'll just sit back and you can have the rest of the show, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the game on the Sunday. And we went down on the Friday. Players coach in front, <clears throat> coach behind, to the hotel called the Royal Lancaster. 
We checked in. Big Ron said, right, shooting and booted in reception, seven o'clock. Don't be late. We all came down in the coach we went as, as couples off to his favourite restaurant in London. And we sat there. We're thinking it's Friday night, two nights before a game. All of a sudden he sort of got his glass and ding, 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 ding. He stood up. He said, right, lads, um, my favourite restaurant. Uh, the only protocol tonight is no one is in bed before me. And with that, the doors opened and trays of pink champagne came out. Have a great night. Drink what you want. Eat what you want. Two nights before a game. We're not even two nights before a game. I was in my. I got back to my hotel room at four a.m. on the Saturday morning. Unbelievable. Then on the Saturday after we woke up, we had a bit of breakfast. He took us from that hotel to a different hotel away from the wives. Game face. You know, a little bit of training. You know, pasta, beans, water, water, water. You know, rehydrate. Blah blah blah. Early to bed. <laughs> game time in the morning you come down for breakfast air all over the place and all of a sudden you hear all right dear lad all right kingy lad all right dear kingy lad all right dear it's flipping the old comic isn't it you know in, in, in the breakfast with it Stan Baldman all right kingy <laughs> going on here so he starts cracking jokes and he's with us then all the way on the coach to the stadium you've probably seen footage of it with him on the, yeah. on the and and the abiding memory for me of of going to Wembley is when you turn down Wembley Way the old Wembley Way was, I don't know, what would you say, half a mile long? Maybe a mile, three quarters of a mile long? Three quarters, yeah. It was a wow. of blue and white. You could not see a red a red shirt anywhere. It was incredible, you know, just chilling up now, th- thinking about it. So you turn down there and you think, wow. You know, you look at it and you, it, there was just a buzz. You get into the stadium and I just remember Trevor Francis saying, look, Kingy, don't wave to your family. Don't, you know, wave to the missus. Don't wave to your daughter. You know, your mum and dad's in the crowd. I've got my aunties, my uncles, everybody, you know, and his dog's there. I said, what is that? He said, well, it, it just saps you. It just t- takes your energy out. You don't do it. And I thought, piss off, Trevor. You know, it's my biggest day of my life. You know what I mean? I'm going to wave to my family. And I have to say he was right, because after 20 minutes, I was knackered. Absolutely knackered. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've got changed. We've gone out. And the game started. It was quite a fr- frantic place. Um, we weren't there just to make up the numbers. We, I thought we were the better team, if I'm honest, on the day. And a lot of our players, you know, man for man, were better than theirs. Uh, Roland Nilsson, four and a half months out with a cruciate ligament. Mark Lee Sharp at the game. Oh, Lee, I think I think Lee Sharp is still having nightmares about that, is he? I'm sure he's well, got to be. <laughs> I, do com- I compare uh, sporting dinners now, and I have Lee quite regular, and he, he remarks on that, you know, about how good Roland was. And just to put it into context, I did my cruciate, and I was out 18 months and never recovered. Wow. Four and a half months later, Roland's playing in the cup final and Mark and Lee shot. That's just one one He hell only of a came back to action like a week or two before that yeah. game, didn't he? Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. So anyway, so we win the um we win the game. Shez scores a goal, pinging off the post. Just won it. <laughs> just... it. Get back get back to the uh, Royal Lancaster and then it begins the party. Oh my god, steaming. We had Paul Carrick, as you know, big Wednesday fan. He sang the song, Come on, can you do your thing? Two noises as hard as now, <laughs> little sturdy never, never fails, and all that. And I was the only one who knew the song. So he said, Come on, can you get up on stage and sing it? So I'm singing with Paul Carrick, lead singer of Mike and the Mechanic, squeeze, you know, and all attempted, looking back over my shoulder, singing this song. They're barmy, army Atkins. I think a few fans actually gate crashed the night and got in. You know, Atkins is barmy, army. The following morning, we come down. I got to bed at half five. <laughs> we come down, I'm absolutely hanging. And uh, mm. we go over to Hyde Park opposite, uh, just for a little walk in our tracks. So yeah, right, Kingy Worthy, we're going to do little doggies to the tree and back, tree and back, tree and back, line up in your... And I'm thinking, is he taking the piss? We just beat Man United yesterday. I'm knackered. I've been on the piss till 5.30. And he wants me to do doggies. Where's Ron? So, OK, so I get squats at that. And I'm like, go. And I go to the first tree. As I turn around, he's doubled up and all the players are doubled up like that. I said, are you having a laugh, Kingy? What are you doing, you muppet? <laughs> Have a little walk around the park, he said, and we'll get back in. We'll have a few glasses of champagne on the way home. <laughs> You've got golden locks <laughs> flowing in the wind. <laughs> just, just to do a quick one on that, you know, jumping forward a couple of years with Trevor, he did exactly the same thing, Trev. Wives coach, players coach, same hotel, same restaurant, no alcohol, pasta, chicken and beans, onto the same hotel the following day without the wives, rest early, and we get beat by Arsenal. So, they say about man management and should you drink alcohol and you know, do you know what I mean? I know the personnel was slightly different, but it's just trying to put into two approaches in stars to a to a cup final. So what, so what you're saying then, Phil? What you're saying is if you'd have been out on the piss till four a.m., would it be <laughs> Arsenal? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> Simple maths. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The only team, the only team that could have beat Wednesday that season, 
I think they would have beat anybody else in the, yeah. in the cup. Crack, cracking team. Yeah. They were they were superb. But no, the, the, the cup final were wrong. Obviously, then we come back and he whispers them immortal words that you ring in my ear to this day. I'd be mad to leave a support support like what they're the best in the world. And we got on that open top bus, go down to the town hall, I sing on the town hall steps again, by my army. And the following day, he signs for bloody Aston Villa. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I think if he would have stayed, we would have gone on to win the league next year. You reckon? I'm, I'm convinced of it. Absolutely convinced of it. We had we finished third, if you remember. Mm. Yeah. With a new manager, a couple of new faces. I, I'm sure if Ron stayed. Um, Trevor was a great player. He, he didn't just didn't have what Ron had as a, as a manager. Um, so I, I, I'm just convinced we would have won the league that season. I really am. That, that's something that, like, we you tend to hear for you. You've, like, we've heard it from a lot of players around that time. Um, that the sort of man management from Trevor Francis, he clashed with, especially with a lot of the bigger personalities as well. He clashed. Yeah, definitely. I fell out with because I um, was doing a new sort of contract, and he pulled me and offered me a contract. It's my only regret. At Wednesday, he offered me a contract. And it wasn't, he said, first choice, offered me three years. And it was less than Nigel Jempson, Gordon Watson, who were playing in the reserves. So I said, how does that work? If I'm, you want me to be first choice left back, surely you've got to put me in line with at least the same or, you know. And he said, no, that's all you're getting. And then I ended up chucking my toys out the pram, being an idiot, and snapped my cruciate ligament in training. My own fault, not concentrating, trying to be a bit sulky. Um, if I could turn the clock back now, that's the only thing in football I would probably change because I should have just signed the contract, let your football do the talking. You were in a great team. You know, you, you, you played for England. You got represented England beating the year before the cup final. I got supporters player of the year that year, 1992. So, yeah, that's the biggest regret. Do you reckon but your you international career would have been, had it not been for the injury, do you reckon you'd have, you'd have been in and around the international team a lot more? No. Two words, Stuart Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> Tony Dorigo, you know, we had, there was two. Yeah. And then there was five. Myself, Julian Dix. Dix. John yeah. Beresford. Um, Andy Barlow, I think was at Oldham. And I think a guy called Wayne Jacobs was at, uh, was at Bradford, I think. And there was sort of four or five sniffing around for those, if they ever got injured. But Piercy was just, uh, he was number one, wasn't he? So, but Trevor did, he did fall out, he fell out with, Pierce, uh, Palmer, fell out with Warhurst, you know, fell out with Erste, told Erste yeah, don't, don't just list the names, Phil. Tell us the stories. I mean, you know, who was <laughs> in the wrong? Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't, you don't get to weird too, but I mean, the Erste one, apparently, the man you offered six million for him or something. Um, it was, that was pleat, wasn't it, that one? But the Francis one, I think it was, no, it was Paul Warst. Paul Warst had agreed to go to Blackburn. Blackburn, that was it, yeah. Understanding that we signed Brian Dean, which I don't know whether it have gone down too well being an ex-blade anyway. And it, it didn't, it didn't come off. So Paul came back. Now, you imagine going to Blackburn with the money they had at the time, agreeing oh, a three, yeah. and I'm guessing it would have been thousands, six, seven, eight thousand, nine thousand, ten, maybe ten grand a week to come back to Wednesday and suddenly the deal's off. You know, you've gone from centre half to centre forward, scored 21 goals in 19 games, and all of a sudden you're, do you know what I mean? So it was, he just didn't, he, he signed big players and they were good players. Don't get me wrong, I mean, Chris Waddle, I mean, Probably the best player I think I've played with. Um, and what a great lad. You know, he put Des Walker, Chris Woods, you know, he made some, he made Ricks against United and against Arsenal in the cup final. So he, he, he just didn't have it with the fans from then moments on, but he was a good keeper, you know. Um, so he bought, I didn't think he, Sinton was any, you know, was that good a sign here. You know, it's, he just tried to bring in a few names, whereas Ron brought people in he thought would fit into a game plan. You know, when so, you say that, do you, do you think that the players that you're you're listing there and you're talking about, obviously we've talked about Ron and the, the, the man management sort of thing, obviously there had to be a turnover at some point of that squad and players coming in and mm. players moving on and players going out. Do you think the players coming in, it was a, the, there was such a clash and that was the start of the, the sort of the, not the decline, if you like, but the sort of the fall away from that heady height of winning the league, getting promoted, uh, sorry, winning the cup, getting promoted yeah. in third and then dropping down? I think it's very difficult, isn't it? Because, you, you know, you, when you look at the class of 92 at Old Trafford, it, the nucleus was was a foundation, wasn't it? You know, the Beckham, Skulls, Giggs, Butts. I think Wednesday sort of went through too many of the stalwarts too too soon, if that makes sense. Um, and when you had a few players in, maybe they didn't fit into the system. Uh, the wages all of a sudden escalated to astronomical amounts of money with Carboni and people, you know, the likes of him, moved down the chain a bit. 
So it's a difficult one. I mean, it's hard to put into words. I obviously moved on with Ron again to Villa that summer, and I was absolutely devastated. I, I remember bumping into Dave Richards coming out the ground, almost in tears. He said, what, what's up? I said, well, I've just signed for, for Villa. He said, well, have you, what, what is that? I said, well, we were arguing over 300 quid a week. He said, 300 quid a week? He said, I'd have give you that out of my own pocket. So will you tell me that now? Put pen to paper. You know. <laughs> oh, no. I just remember walking into the um, Doug Ellis's office and Doug Ellis said, oh, Mr. King, finally got our man. I went, oh, what do you mean, Mr. Ellis? He said, well, we offered 650,000 for you the year that we signed Ron, but they wouldn't accept it. And I, I didn't even know anything about it. You know, but you've gone for some big money, Phil, bloody hell. No, they, they <laughs> took it. And I ended up going three years later for 250. So oh. Ron, Ron left to go to Villa. They offered 650, but I don't know if you remember the statement. Trevor said the fans were going mad. I think Pearson went some, and they said, we're not selling anybody else. The fans were just going berserk. They didn't want to get rid of yeah. anybody. You know, the, the stalwart players, if you like. So, I didn't even get to know that they'd offer that sort of money. It was only when I signed in 94 that I found that out. So, but I was devastated to leave. I had a half-decent career at uh, um, Villa. I scored a penalty against Inter Milan to put us through into the next round. Um, another story I tell about Ron, we, I, I was understudy to Steve Staunton at Villa and he got injured at Everton away. I was on the bench, came on, played the last 35 minutes. We were two down, set up two goals. Played the next three games. Fans are saying best signing since Paul McGrath. Thinking you're having a laugh, and you're Paul McGrath. He's God. <laughs> no, <I'm Yeah>. <laughs> I played about 18 in a row. Scored this penalty, and then we played QPR away. And he's gone through the team. He said, "Well, Bosnich in goals, Staunton, McGrath, Teal, Barrett, Townsend, Houghton." And I've I've gone, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Gaffer, what's up?" This is in the middle of the team meeting, two hours before kickoff. He said, uh, "I'm not playing." He said, I know, Kingy. You know, he said it was the oddest decision. I slept on it all night, but I think, you know, I just think Stan Staunton and maybe I said, well, I'll tell you what, you can stick your club up your ass. And I got <laughs> up and I walked out and slammed the door. And as I, and I opened the door, I went, only kidding, gaffer! And <laughs> 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 all, the, all the lads went ballistic, laughing, joking. Ron, after he'd gone out the room, Ron pulled me back. He said, Kingy, I love you. You know that, don't you? You're great. <laughs> just, wait, just get on with it. Is that, is that like, did you know that you could have pulled that off with Ron then? You know, the relationship. Because I would yeah. imagine if some managers, if someone had done that, uh, yeah. they would have just God, you're not coming back in the training room, that's you've gone, or or your reserves, your tra- training. Is that, yeah. is that what you, you knew? You knew well, you could do that. Well, if you have done it to Brian Clough, put it like that. But um, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Same with Brian Little when Brian came in in Villa, he, you know, he said, King, you're going to be a squad player. And I, I, I filtered in that. I went on loan to West Brom, a few games come back. Last game of the season, we needed a point. He said, Kingy, I'm putting you on the bench Saturday, Norwich away for Aston Villa. He said, The lads love you. You're great for the dressing room. You crack a few jokes, relax everybody. We've got to have a point to stay in, in, in the Premier League. And I looked at him and said, Well, that's, I'm thank, thank you for that, Gaff. He said, I'm, You know, I'm not just a court jester, you know. I can play a bit of football. And we had a laugh between us. Do you know what I mean? And, and we got the point. Wait, no, I tried to play the last 15 minutes. And then he got rid of me next year. We've had a question, actually, from Martin Bibi about, about Villa. And it yeah. says, did you play in the Villa Cup final win in 94? No, and- I, I, done, I went on loan. When Brian came in, I went on loan to West Brom. Mm-hmm. And I snapped me, I, I done my crucial leave. And then I did it again. Um and then I had surgery and I never played again for Villa for 18 months. And I came back and I went straight back to Swindon Town um, without playing a game. So, no, I, I played about 27, 25, 27 games for Villa. And obviously the, the Inter Milan penalty was the highlight. And you're still fondly remembered there for that that moment alone. It, it's weird, isn't it? Like how, how you can get put on a pedestal just, just, just for one fleeting moment being a professional footballer. Crazy. Okay. So... Um, Right, right. We're, we've done ninety-one. We've, yep. we've done. We've done Ron Atkinson. So let's talk about the the, the latter days of the career, because like, you know, it, it's clear that injuries started to now hamper your career as, as you're getting on a bit now in your well, in the ripe old age of like what twenty-seven or something now. Yep. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, you know, the, there must have been a point where you've missed Smudger, who managed to get Roland Nilsson back after four months of an ACL. But you, you, you know, you've done it twice. So, so how did that? latter period of your career go like terrible if oh. i'm honest i let myself down i had i had when you're growing up you had all the ability 
and you were fit. So the early days, you never missed a game for Wednesday. I think in two, I think Swindon, Torquay, Exeter, Swindon, never missed a game in sort of four or five yeah, years. Yeah, because when I was looking at the stats before you were coming on, you played like a million games for Swindon in the space of about two years. I don't, I don't know how you pulled that amount of appearances off. I played 98 games in one season for Swindon. That was the first team and reserves with Lou, just for fitness. Wow. So wow. things are going well. It's great. As soon as you get injured, I wasn't the best trainer in dedication-wise. It was kind of all natural. Um, so only myself to blame. So when, like, nowadays I get paid so, so much money, I could say to you, I could say, like, Steve, I'll give you a grand a week. You get me fit. Don't let me sleep. Don't let, get me in that gym. You work me. Get me back fit. Whereas in them days, they give you a piece of paper – Go on the bike for 10 minutes, 20 setups, 30, but you know, do this and do that. And then they get on the coach and go off to an away game. So as soon as they go off the thing, I go in the canteen, get a cup of tea, get a biscuit. It's not watching the telly, you know, which is not the right thing to do when you're rehabilitated. You don't think because you're such a bad injury, you've got eight months to do it. I'll do it tomorrow. But tomorrow comes, you do the same again. And then again. And before you know it, you're miles behind schedule. Um, so I, I, I didn't rehabilitate myself the way I should have done. So that, that again, that's my own fault. And when you do come back to get somewhere near, your, your body's not ready. You know, I kept putting my calf, my hamstring, my quad. It was just uh, one thing after another. And I think my mental health suffered. Um, it's, all I can relate it to is what we've been going through in this last 12 months. You know, that was the way I, I struggled back then playing football. You know, you see the first team going off playing games, earning the money, you know, getting to cup finals, getting England call-ups. You, you know, you forget about the lads on the treatment table who were you know, just want to play football. It's, I can't put into words how mentally tough it was, you know, and you didn't have the, the finances like they've got today. And it's not uh, like you could speak to anybody. I mean, we're talking mid nineties here, aren't we? I mean, it's not like you go, listen, Gaffer, I'm feeling a bit pony. Cause uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can tell you now what the response would have been. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, if I would have said to John shares, my roommate shares, I'm, I'm feeling a bit dang, mate. You know, I feel, I feel a bit lonely. Hey, hey Chris Packett, put your eye fucking ears up, son. You know what I mean? It, it just been, it, it, I've just been laughed at, and mm. it's, it's good that we can talk now. And I think it's all re- uh, it's all relevant with the lockdown because I've struggled again. I mean, I'm a people person. Academically, I'm not great. Um, it was all about the pub. It was all about working for Swindon Town on a match day, doing the hospitality, sporting dinners in front of 300 people. That was my buzz. It replaced football. To have it taken away from you, to suddenly be in a room with nothing, the pub shut. You know, not seeing people, you can't mix, you can't go out. You know, it's. I've struggled. I really have struggled. And, you know, it's, uh, it has been tough. There's been some real, real low moments. I'm sure people can relate to that. They're listening in and yourselves up and down the country. It's been, did you, it's been a tough time. Did you feel that like, um, and, and this is what I felt the last year. I don't, I don't know if you're the same. Working in, in a social environment, you know, like everybody has at work their, their banter. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, all in, in every in every work office environment, in, in pubs, in whatever, I felt like I'd either, you know, I, I work in a social environment and I feel like I lost a bit of my identity. I, I, you know what I mean? I felt that what made me me, I, yeah. I wasn't there anymore. Do, do, was, is, it, is it kind of been like that? It's been probably worse. I just really struggled. I, I've, I've been to the doctors, you know, um, with headaches in... Uh, Tension in the back of my neck. Feels like I've got something stuck in my throat. And I've had blood tests, and you know they've had me put me on cholesterol tablets. It's been a real. Obviously, you turn to food as a crutch. You know, I love chocolate, uh, or any any food basically. But uh, it's been really been a, a real tough year, and it's only sort of this last four or five weeks when you know the pubs are mm. you know, up out of it. I've done a few podcasts for Exeter and for Torquay and some for Swindon. This tonight, I've got one next week with Alan Biggs, I think, from uh, <clears throat> Alan rang me last week. So it, it keeps you going. Obviously, my partner, she's downstairs. I've got grandchildren. Uh, my, my, my daughter's a carer, so we were in the support bubble so we could look after them. They, they keep you going. But uh, it's been a tough time you know, for everybody, mm. not just me, but for the whole country. We, yeah, we, we're, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but we've done this from lockdown, um, doing this. And I think we all think talking to yourselves and obviously something we love, it's helped yep. it helped me and I'm no doubt it's helped the other guys and girls on the podcast as well about yep. doing this, being able to talk to like heroes of ours, and that's what you are to us lot. Um over over the last twelve months has been fantastic and we're we're really grateful for me I am that we've been able to do this. 
and the, or everyone, not just yourself, but everyone who's been on, it's been fantastic. And yeah, yeah I think, I think, I think what's happened and think uh, for me, it's been brilliant. Uh, really, the social yeah, side, talking about something that we all love and reminiscing, and it, it's yeah, it's been it's been great. Be anything, couldn't it, Ash? You know, I always say, if you're having a low moment, get, get on social media now, get on YouTube and type in something that, you know, even like, I'm a bit of a, a freak, I like X Factor and Pop Idol and American Idol. Go to some of the sort of auditions that you've you've seen like over the years or go back to the, the, the penalty against in some of that. Think of something that gives you pleasure, Google it and watch it back. And it just fills yeah. you with a little bit of joy. Do you know what I mean? It could be anything, you know, if you like fishing mm. or you like watching gymnastics or motor racing anything what, 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 you're doing, what you're doing here is describing us talking to you guys from <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah steve honestly this is for you guys to remember I, i'm for me i'm just phil king a little country bumpkin from bristol you know to play for a wonderful club like sheffield wednesday in front of you guys was was a privilege you know and to be still talking about it now it's, it means it, the first team isn't successful, so it's not too bad. But um, <laughs> I to see them successful for the younger generation like Ben, you know, to see them play in the cup final with Ben's dream, I'm guessing, you know, so get back in the Premier League. Premier League, genuinely, for pe- anyone sort of my age that's, you know, like 20, probably like 25 and under, that the ears all about this, all about early 90s, stuff like that, Premier League throughout all 1990s. And we watched League One. Championship, yeah, we we you know give it a really good go 2015, 16, 17 sort of time. It's an absolute dream to try and just get into the Premier League, and that that's for people my age. So and don't don't let that dream go because you never know. Football's a funny funny game, you know. Only takes the, the right team. It's getting harder, I must admit, to, to to produce a Ron Atkinson and a group of players like he did on a fairly small budget. It's getting you know you look at Man City as they what's their team. Probably a billion quid, you know. So you, it's, it's buying success now. Um, you've got a chairman there who's, who's had the money but not used it wisely. So it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? You know, uh, football. You don't give up hope, but it may may get worse, and it looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. <sighs> well, I, 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 go on. Would, would, so, so I was going to say, right? Just on that, would you think that? Um, I don't. It's a question for everyone. Sorry, Phil. I'm going to ask. It just comes yeah, to me. If 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 um, say next year or whenever Chef, the team Sheffield Wednesday win a trophy, win the FA Cup, win the League Cup. Do you think that in thirty years' time, not us because we'll be old men and thing, will will the podcasts or do you think the team will be as fondly remembered and you are you and your your, your yep. peers? Uh, <clears throat> do you think they'll still be remon- fondly remembered? God, that's do you a think, good question, Ash. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, but or do you think it's because we've not had any success for thirty years, basically? <laughs> I think the, the the thing that springs to mind instantly is getting access to those players because of the financial rewards that they will gain between now and winning the league, getting the Premier League, winning the cups. I mean, you try and get you try. It's like saying trying to speak to Kevin De Bruyne on one of these. It's just not going to happen, is it? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh. Now you know, that would be something to behold. Dan Fudge talking to Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not you, but, I mean, for the lads, for all of you, and for the younger generation to see their team win. That all the players that that squad at the time, if they are, would be gods. So in 30 years' time, they would be as fondly yeah. thought of as what we are. But you would just won't get access to them. You know, it's a it's a totally different era from when we played. You know, I, I love to do these things. It makes me feel good. Obviously, I hope it makes you feel good. And it's just brilliant. It's, it's something I do. You might, maybe John Sheridan might say, oh, don't we like doing it? He's a bit shyer than what I am. But, you know, you've had Arxy. Arxy is an outgoing oh. lad, you know. Funny no, it, as- honestly, he's not changed a bit. He's like a game show host. It, you know, yeah. you know, Jim Guy Smiley from Sesame Street. He's like, hi, guys. You know what I mean? I'm Ed Winchester. All the way through it. It didn't stop. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. I spoke to him in lockdown, actually. We, we FaceTimed each other. And he just, he's like, he's exactly the same, isn't it? Uh, mm. he's, like a, he's like a Jim Carrey, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just, he's brilliant. But that, you know, again, you we, we haven't mentioned Paul Williams. You know, if you, yeah. if you talk to Erste, Erste will tell you that he's probably one of the best strike partners he's had. The matter work right off the ball, allowed Erste to score his goals, you know, so. That was uh, that was something that was discussed at that 
at that thing at, the, at, at Magna, you, you, you know, it, uh, you are David Garrido on stage going through that season, building up to up to that cup final. Mm. And uh, that that was the day where, where we realised, like, Paul Williams did a lot of bloody work for, for David Hurst. And we, we're all there with Hurst's sh- name on the back of our yeah. shirts, but Willow's there doing the bloody graft. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, listen, Dan, in every team you've got, you know, you're gifted players. I knew that Sheridan was the playmaker. Erste was the goal scorer. You know, the number nine is the centre midfield players are always going to get the accolades. It's in, the same in, in any team, you know, mm. but we were a team. We had little, like I say, me and Worthy had a good understanding. You know, Hearts and Roland Nilsson, you had Shirtliff and Pearson at the centre-half. Erste and Willow. There was little combinations all over the pitch, but as a group, we, we came together, you know? So, and there was no, there was no, Sort of big as we worked hard. Um, we had a decent bench. We had a guy called Steve McCall on the bench. Who used to play for. I mean, he was a fantastic player. You know, great football brain. You know, it was Trevor Francis, the wonderful Laurie Madden. You know, we had. Um, I mean, Trevor's one of the best crossers of the balls I think you'll ever see at Hillsborough. It's just ridiculous. But it, it was just. I cannot tell you what a privilege it was to be part of that at that time. It just finished a little bit too soon for me, unfortunately. I think uh, I think Roland Nilsson said exactly the same. So yeah. um, listen, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up now, Phil. But what I'm going to yeah. do, and and, and I want to, and I want to really genuinely mean this. We've got a comment from Martin as well. The the stuff about the mental health and 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 yeah. and the stuff like that, getting into it. I must admit, I, you know, I, I think it's amazing that that it's it's been brought up in a, a football's an environment that doesn't really yeah. um, create the opportunity to speak about something like that. And I think it's really important, and, and I genuinely mean it. Thanks a uh, Thanks a, yeah. thanks a lot for bringing that up. And uh, and in other news, unfortunately, Darren Moore has been, as a result of COVID-19, has, um, has been taken ill once again. So uh, from everybody on behalf of ourselves, let's hope the gaffer yeah. gets well soon. And, um, and Phil, stay on the line. I'm going to take us off Facebook. Thanks a lot for watching out there. This has been brought to you by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. Uh, don't forget to join us again. We'll probably do a post-game on Saturday. See you next time. Wednesday week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosch. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.